Hi everyone, uh, this is Vaishak here. Welcome back to Sports Kati, uh, and with me is Rohit. Hi everyone. So cricket is finally back. So we're doing another episode on cricket, and uh, it started with West Indies beating England in their own soil in the first test uh, post COVID nineteen lockdown at uh, Rose Bowl Stadium in Southampton. Uh, so the series started off, uh, you know, like a well contested. Uh, but then as it went along, you know, England showed that they they are above West Indies. Uh, you know the real reason why they haven't lost a single series at home since 2014, and uh, it would be hard to believe West Indies would be the team to break that. Uh, so uh, England clearly demonstrated the depth of their squad in the bowling department, uh, while West Indies, you know, they have the talent, but they clearly showed lacking in depth. Uh, their bowlers looked tired by the end. Uh, England batting lineup is not complete; they have frailties, but that's where even you know the Caribbean uh, batsmen. Could to be even more in disarray and they clearly lack the temperament to play the unlimited overs for match uh, anderson and broad clearly showed that they are still in the frontline bowlers in the team um, so this is my overview uh, i'm done now i want to see uh, you i think you have prepared a bit uh, so uh, talk us through the series uh, yes bhai sir firstly it was great to see some live action cricket Uh, my friend had told me that the lack of crowd doesn't impact test cricket as the crowd is generally low for test matches <laughs> yeah but you know having said that it's true but in england we generally have decent turn up uh, people but even for even for test matches uh, and i have to say that i did miss that especially the crowd going you know in, in england rule uh, or the bami army you know cheering the uh, fans uh, cheering the players up No, I do miss that. I did miss that. Uh, but anyways, now coming to the cricket action. Uh, this series started as a clash of the all-rounders. So currently, Ben Stokes and Jason Holder are ranked one and two in the world for all all-rounders. And the first match did live up to that billing. It was a contest of all-rounders. Uh, Jason Holder went on to pick six wickets in the first innings to set tone for the match, and also stayed unbeaten during the tricky chase in the fourth innings. and you know he is one of the players you know we overlook when we talk about the best all rounders going around i you know the i have just put up some numbers of jason holders here and you can see that if you see his numbers since 2018 he has taken 53 wickets at 14.5 which is exceptional from pure bowling point itself and he has also scored for at like what 40 plus average shows that his contribution with the bat also is impressive Yes, that batting average is slightly boosted thanks to his double century against England last year. Uh, but then it was not a flat track innings. That innings came in a match where England was dismissed for 77 in the first innings, and he came on to bat when West Indies were 61 for five. So, so yes. Anyways, as mentioned, he started off the series well, uh, but then as the series progressed, he did fade off like rest of the Windies team. Now his counterpart, uh, Ben Stokes. has not been far behind also uh, these are his numbers for the last two years and you can see he has been really impressive he has been uh, averaging more than uh, or nearly 50 in the last uh, couple of years and even in the bowling department he has been averaging less than 30 which would you call as a perfect batting all-rounder so he has been impressive and in this series you know yes they lost the first match but even in that match He did score a couple of forties and was the highest run scorer for England in that match. 
and also picked up six wickets in the match so he still showed his uh, all-round prowess in the match but his real big performance came up in the second match where in the first innings he went on to score 176 and then in the second innings when the need of the hour was for quick runs he came in and scored a quick unbeaten 78 while opening the batting that is just wow and the match showed how much he has developed as a batsman and also his versatility as his first innings century came in i would say around 250 deliveries whereas second 50 came in just 36 deliveries and uh, i also learned another fact interesting fact about him that uh, now with him opening the batting in the second test he has now batted in all batting positions it's a good fact to know uh, anyways coming to the uh, test series itself so other than what the all rounders did the first test match of this series was also the first match broad has missed at home since 2012 he has a he has been a, what, a permanent fixture in the england lineup for uh for i know what eight years now but for some reason the england board felt anderson and broad cannot play together anymore as they are not good enough but then the way broad has come and bowled in the second and third match showed that he is not over yet and anderson broad combination is still lethal at least at home west indies um, you know did fade off as the series progressed um, their batting has been poor um, apart from maybe you can say blackwood and brooks um, to some extent even they also had an on and off series i would say uh, shy hope who has been the linchpin in the odi team has been more of a burden for west indies in the test arena he has been averaging only around 25 in the last couple of years which is very poor for a top order batsman and i can definitely see the likes of uh, darren bro and hitmeyer walking back into this team before we finish about the series i would just like to add about broad as well you know broad coming back playing a crucial part in making england win both the test matches achieving the 500 wickets uh, in the career ended up being the highest wicket taker for the series with 16 wickets um, and also the man of the series So even though some might argue that Ben Stokes is more deserving of the Man of the Series award, um, it, it's Broad who got it. He's the highest wicket taker in the series. Uh, but the, the way Broad has been performing now, I see him crossing the 563 wickets tally of Glenn McGrath. You know, and even giving the most wickets by a fast bowler in Test matches record a real run for its money. Uh, the person who holds the record, by the way, is Anderson. Let's not forget he's still playing. So it's incredible that this pair of Anderson and Broad, uh, you know, they are at the edge of achieving a legendary status. Uh, if you watch them individually, they don't give the impression of being the best bowlers in this generation. You know, I don't see them making into many categories of all-time Test levels. Uh, so, but they are clearly a different beast when they hunt in pairs. Now, coming to the post-coronavirus cricket, uh, there have been a few rules which have been in place to ensure safety, and there were a couple of violations and fines. Uh, can you give uh, a, a bit of an insight into this? Yeah, sure. Firstly, before I talk about those incidents, uh, let me just explain these new rules to our viewers. So, firstly, we have the COVID-19 replacements, like like for like replacement allowed for a player displaying COVID symptoms in a test match. Uh, we have the rule of no use of saliva on the ball. Umpires can issue two warnings if a player applies saliva on the ball, fire and penalty for repeated use. and you know you must have read in the news a lot of uh, players especially uh, fast bowlers and ex fast bowlers who have come and talked uh, regarding this topic a topic and how it can impact a test match anyways that's a different discussion um 
non neutral umpires that's another rule that has come in uh, not required to appoint neutral match officials which has been the practice uh, for the last i think 20 years now so now the icc will be appointing locally based match officials there will be an additional drs review so an additional unsuccessful drs review for each team in each innings of the match so it is going to be three per innings rather than what it is to be which is two per innings and the fifth rule is about additional logo allowed so there can be a logo not exceeding a particular size which can be placed on the chest of a test match shirt and sweater but not really relevant to the cricket match itself so this is the these are the five rules that has uh, five new rules that have come up um now couple of these rules are not exactly due to coronavirus or maybe the uh, local umpire rule has forced them to include the uh, need of an additional review so maybe yes the, anyway definitely the uh, rule of the having additional logo is not because of coronavirus but rest of the rules are uh, due to coronavirus and in this series we already have seen a lot of reviews and uh, quite a few of them were overturned i don't have the stats uh, top of my head for now actually uh, i will talk about couple of incidents and you will see that uh, i'll be covering a couple of them there uh the first one i want to talk about is the minor one which is a small violation that happened it can be a possible trivia question in the future who was the first player to accidentally use saliva on the ball in the post covid 19 era and the answer is dominic sibley uh, yes dominic sibley during the second test match accidentally used uh, saliva on the cricket ball and this was brought in notice of the umpire by the players itself there was a warning issue i believe so uh, but anyways the ball was sanitized using a sanitized tissue paper and then the match went on anyways the other violation was slightly more severe so as per the protocol of the series this was there was a biosecure bubble which is players shouldn't wander out and uh, you know go away from the team and jofra archer after the first match while traveling uh, back from or while traveling from one venue to the other venue or in this case to the hotel uh, he took a detour and went to his house mean which meant he violated the rule firstly this was irresponsible as this could have created a lot of short term and long term problems short term he was forced to miss the next match next match as he had to undergo two covid tests and only once they are negative he can play uh, which meant he missed out on the uh, second match which could have been uh, really critical because it was a crucial match and england was down 1-0 in the series but more long term and more severe what could have happened was that in case if he was tested positive then there was a possibility the series could have been called off and this could have affected the confidence of future series also so luckily this did not happen jofra archer did not test positive so nothing major happened and you know i really agree with michael holding he pointed out asking the question why were the england players not traveling by a bus by a team bus why were they allowed to travel by individual cars because that is the reason why jofra archer went away i mean yes he didn't follow the rules but i felt you know as he as uh, michael holding pointed out they should have traveled by a team bus anyway something which they can look into for the future matches and series uh as you say future matches and series i let's look at future matches and series we have pakistan tour of england starting very soon uh 
I don't think we uh, we are talking anything about England playing Ireland in an ODIs. Let's forget that. Uh, so Pakistan is touring England, and I think that should be an exciting series. Uh, given Pakistan recently have performed really well over there, the last two series ended in a tie. Uh, slight disadvantage in the current Pakistan squad because there is inexperience, you know, compared to their uh, past tour squads. Uh, but nevertheless, they do have young and fiery set of bowlers in the team. Uh, so uh, we have seen in this series that England batting is frail, and I believe Pakistan is capable of giving much more of a scare than what West Indies. Oh, definitely, definitely, I do agree with you that this Pakistan bowling attack will be fun to watch. But then the batting, I believe, will be tested in these conditions. The batting will revolve around a lot of how Babar Azam can perform. I mean, he has been exceptional in the last couple of years. And if he's going to have a good series, then I believe there is enough in the bowling department to help them in the series. So I expect that series to be a thriller. Let's hope Pakistan lives up to the billing. I think you have also prepared a bit about IPL. So what is your update on IPL? Regarding IPL, we have some updates coming up. I mean, most of these are just talks going on for now. So as we speak, the latest update we have is that ECB. When I say ECB, it's Emirates Cricket Board. Not English Cricket Board. Uh, so Emirates Cricket Board General Secretary uh, Mubashir Usmani, I believe I'm saying the name right. Uh, anyways, he has confirmed that they have received a formal letter from BCCI with regarding of hosting of IPL in UAE, and the dates proposed by BCCI is from September 19th to November 8th. Now, uh, Mr. Usmani was cautious. And right in saying that there are many factors which influence the operations and logistics of uh, hosting what is world's most exciting, popular and lucrative tournament. He also did say about the risk this can bring with the massive movement of people and equipment. Uh, but anyways, we can understand things are set in motion. So can say feasibility study is ongoing and uh, we should be expecting updates soon. I also had read that, you know, given the proposed dates, Australia and England players will be missing the first week of IPL. Uh, given Australia tour of England for the three-match ODI series will go on till the 16th of September. So this can obviously impact the makeup of the teams uh, greatly as there are some key players in Australia and England who play for various IPL teams. We will have to see as we get closer to the IPL on how the team structure, schedule, etc. is to see how the teams will be going to the IPL. Uh, the conditions and pitches in UAE also will have a big impact in the IPL. If I remember rightly, during the last stint of IPL in UAE in 2014, Mumbai Indians had lost all of their UAE matches. But then, you know, eventually they did come back to India and went on a winning run, which allowed them to qualify for knockouts. So you see, when, pe when people say, you know, going to UAE, the pitches and conditions will be similar to India. We have seen the results might not be it's not the same, and obviously this time around uh, we will not have any uh, audience to watch the match also. So even that might have a big impact on the performance. Anyway, as we get closer to the IPL, as I mentioned, we will take a deeper look into it. So we we looked into the two formats of cricket. Let's get into the third one, uh, One Day Internationals. Uh, ICC had announced the initiative of World Super League. You know, just like Test Championship, there is a pointing system for uh, all the international sides. Uh, and uh, the inaugural cycle is starting right now. So ICC has come up with some recent announcements regarding the World Cup qualifications. 
you know, what is the implication of the World Super League uh, for World Cup qualifications. Uh, if I am right, you have prepared a few things to explain the format of this tournament as well and uh, how the World Cup qualifiers work. Okay, I I want to talk about this because this is something. Uh, it's not new, but something that's starting now. So it's starting on July thirtieth with the series between England and Ireland, um, and uh, you know it's something I I'm really looking forward to because there have been a lot of I would say uh, not so meaningful ODA matches. A nice way to put it, and this I believe will bring a lot more context to those matches. So I have put up a simple flowchart. to explain on how the super league will impact the world cup qualification for 2023 world cup so as you can see in the flow chart the 12 test playing nations and netherlands are part of what we call the super league now top 7 teams in india as the host will qualify directly to the world cup the bottom 5 from the super league will go into the world cup qualifier now world cup qualifier also will have these five teams Plus three teams from League Two, and two other teams from Playoff. So now your question is, what is League Two? So League Two is uh, League Two consists of teams such as Nepal, Scotland, UAE, and also top four finishers from 2019 World Cricket League Division Two. In simple terms, it's teams ranked 14 and 20. So you just consider uh, seven teams from ranked 14 and 20. Okay, so from those. Anyways, so they will compete among each other. Top three teams go to the World Cup qualifiers, and bottom four go to the playoff. So that's a simple understanding. Now, playoff will also have two teams from mini competition, where uh, teams twenty-one to thirty-two will uh, compete. I know when I'm talking, all this might look complicated. That's why I put up this flowchart here. I hope it explains to you, uh, you know, what's happening and how this. Super League or the other small divisions play a part to decide who the final teams for the World Cup will be. Now, now why Netherlands in the mix in the Super League? Now that will be a question that comes up. Yes, twelve Test playing nations, but why Netherlands? It's because uh, they were the winners of the 2015 to 17 ICC World Cricket League Championship, so that's why they are there. And uh, you know, I have not put up the schedule here. I have not shared the schedule here, but the schedule is available on pretty much all prominent websites. So do check it out to see where the series and which country play which countries because not all the teams play all every other team. So do look out the schedule to see uh, how your team is playing or who your team is playing. Anyways, the benefit of such a super league is that you know, firstly I mentioned you know it definitely adds values or uh, adds value to the. Uh, Adds value to the matches which earlier did not have context. We used to see a lot of this seven-match series which did not have much value. Now this definitely adds value to it, which I mentioned earlier. But something I want to add up is that now, for example, a team like Netherlands, okay, this will help them a lot because until 2017, now these are numbers, okay, this, until 2017 they have played a total of 17 bilateral ODIs in the history of Netherlands cricket. Whereas the next two years alone. They are scheduled for twenty-four matches. Now this shows significance it can have on Netherlands. And okay, numbers might not be this drastic for other teams, but definitely this will benefit teams like Ireland, Zimbabwe also. So the lower teams get a chance. And on top of this, you know, this also opens up for teams which are ranked lower. That is twenty-one or thirty-two. I mentioned the two teams which goes into the playoff, and they also get an opportunity, a fair fight, to. 
have an, you know, chance to qualify for the World Cup. So, overall, I would say this is a right step or or a, in, the, in the right direction. ICC has taken a step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you have made a good point over there. You know, like uh, it provides an immediate context to all bilateral series from now on. And also it ensures that, you know, no team keep playing each other for long. So, uh, if I'm right, there, there used to be uh, you know, accusations that India keeps playing Sri Lanka every time in the starting of last decade or something like that. Such a commercial bilateral ties will reduce and uh, the teams will start playing each other. And especially teams like Netherlands, Afghanistan, they'll start benefiting from this because they will get uh, opportunity to play good uh, one-day international matches. Um, so before we conclude, I would like to mention uh, one rule change. Uh, so during the Super League, all the front foot no balls will be called by the TV umpire and then communicate it to the on-field umpire. This will definitely eliminate errors from the system, but how will it impact the flow of the game is yet to be seen. Okay, viewers, I think this has, again, also been a long episode. Let's know your comments. We would like to hear from you. We have talked about many series. Uh, we have talked our excitement about watching cricket again. Just let us know about uh, the excitement that you are experiencing as well. What are your opinions about uh, watching England West Indies? Uh, what are you looking forward to its Pakistan-England cities? And uh, what are you expecting in the IPL uh, that is going to start in UAE? If you like our content, do support us. Like the video, share with your friends. Uh, and uh, I think most of you are subscribed. If you have not, please uh, you know, subscribe as well. That's all from us. Until next time, stay safe.